Welcome to Sex on the Floor podcast. This podcast was created to help educate the public about problems with sex and intimacy and how this is tied to both physical and mental aspects. Hosted by myself, Dr. Molly Hart, a passionate pelvic floor physical therapist and owner of Pelvic Balance Physical Therapy, and by Dr. Katie Schubert, a phenomenal sex therapist and owner of Cypress Wellness Center. We are here to have a good time. We're here to keep it real with you all and to educate along the way. I'm so excited for you to join us. We strive to help many relationships prosper in fun, safe, and healthy intimacy. While listening to the show, please remember that this information is not meant to diagnose or treat any medical conditions. Please speak with your medical provider for all things related to your healthcare. Hello, welcome back to Sex on the Floor podcast. This is Dr. Molly Hart. And I'm Dr. Katie Schubert. So guys, um, if you've been following our episodes, you'll see that we've been doing a postpartum series. Um, well, not postpartum, pregnancy, pre-pregnancy, postpartum series. So we've already talked about things to look at before getting pregnant, during pregnancy. And then today's episode is really going to focus on postpartum, both from a physical standpoint. So me viewing it as a pelvic floor PT, and then we're going to let Dr. Katie really go into the emotional psychological aspect of the postpartum journey, which is it's a lot, both realms. Woo, buckle up. <laughs> um, it's a beautiful journey for us as women, but it is a massive, whoa, massive um, life transition with an incredible amount of growth. I think I, this is so silly because I'm not referencing this from anything in scientific, but I think Katie, I was watching something on Netflix and it was saying like the, the amount that changes in the brain, the growth of the brain during the postpartum period is astronomical. Yeah. I believe it. I don't know. I'm like, there's, there's a Netflix series about it. I can't even think of the name, (laughs) but the point is we're going to talk about this, um, and really help give you guys some guidance as far as like what to look for. And then how can we address these things? I don't want you to think that you're stuck in these hard situations. I think it's important to understand the beauties and challenges that come with being postpartum. And there are resources, there are ways to help out. You don't need to be stuck in a postpartum body or a postpartum mind that is not creating a life that you are wanting to live. And, and I do know that a lot of women do sometimes fall into that trap because they don't understand the resources available to them. So this is a free resource, thankfully, and we're hoping to give you guys a lot of information. And now, Dr. Katie, we can start talking about whew, the emotional side of postpartum. Yeah. So that was a lot. Um, and, and hopefully people who are listening and watching, um, will gather that women's bodies go through so much during pregnancy and then in recovery from, from pregnancy. It's interesting here because Molly, you've had two vaginal births and I've had three C-sections. So we have the, we have lots of different experiences here. Um, and also what tickles me is how medical providers always call it a massage. So they come in after you, after you give birth and they massage your uterus, which is the worst feeling in the entire world. And I almost punched the nurse. 
Um, and then you just talked about massaging the C-section scar and nobody's going near that scar and I'm, you know, five months out. So <laughs> it just, so, okay. But see, so that's, but that's the problem is when we have C-sections, women, especially an emergency C-section, they really dissociate from that part of their body because it's too painful, not physically too painful, emotionally too painful. And yes, there's the physical pain. And so they don't want to touch it. And that's a huge part of my plan of care with my patients is getting you to love that part of your body again, um, changing the messaging behind the C-section scar. And we have to touch it. If you don't touch the area, it doesn't allow the nerves to heal properly. Um, and so getting that connection again with the body, getting movement in it. And it's so hard. It is so hard, but it's a huge part of the plan of care that I work on with my patients. And let me tell you, like, once I get them doing that, they're like, oh my God, it, it is life-changing. There's a, there's a barrier and there's, and th it's not just a C-section scar. Women don't want to look at their vagina or touch their vagina either. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. Cause I'm like, if you had a knee surgery, you wouldn't be like, just, you know, ignoring the knee. <laughs> we would actually give it more attention. And so now wow. we have this area of our body that's, that's gone through tremendous tissue changes. And we're like, cause it, why? Cause of the emotional side of it. Right. Yeah. It's scary. Um, so yeah, so it, that's a good bridge into the psychological part, right? You know, we have this, we have this psychological barrier that prevents us from healing fully for various reasons. Um, but you know, part of that is a lot of, a lot of the women that I see, uh, you know, post-pregnancy after they've had the baby really don't want to be physically intimate with their partners anymore. Um, and they're fairly disconnected from their own sexuality because of all of these barriers. Um, and the six week thing, oh, God. <laughs> I would love to meet a woman who jumped, you know, up and down at the six weeks and said, yes, I get to have sex again. I, I, I can't even imagine at that. So what I hear is at that point, women feel so exhausted and touched out because they have this newborn that, that they're caring for and, and maybe breastfeeding, but definitely holding a lot. Um, and they've just, they're, they're, they're maxed out on taking care of another human being. Um, and that often includes their, their partners. Yeah. So, um, so that's what I hear most often is, you know, I, I'm, I'm breastfeeding. I certainly don't, my, my breasts touched with or touched or looked at, um, you know, the way that your breasts change after pregnancy is quite astonishing. And the way that your nipples change. Well, and you can't, if you are breastfeeding, you can't have them touch. They'll start, they'll let down. That's oh, the yeah. funniest thing is like, <laughs> you'll be trying to be intimate and then the, the boobs are just like, <laughs> Oh no, you wear a bra, right? For and I'm, I'm I didn't, and then I'd be like, oh no, they're leaking. I have to like it burn. <laughs> yes, it doesn't feel good. Um, so yeah, I mean, you 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 wear a bra with lovely little pads in them for a very long time, um, because you never know when that when that'll happen. If somebody talks about your baby, if you hear some random baby cry, you you get the oh. the sensation. And it's, it's not let down that letdown is so, you know, what I found out though, through my lactation group is not everyone has random letdowns. Like I had random letdowns and I had a lot that came out. So I had to wear pads, but not everyone has that issue. That's interesting. I was like, Oh, lucky you. <laughs> oh, I know. 
Um, so really like your, your breasts are not your own and they're definitely not sexual things, um, you know, while you're breastfeeding or, or shortly thereafter, it takes a while to get back to that point. And, you know, if you've had a C-section, I I can speak for C-sections very easily. I've had three of them, you know, your body hurts. It can't do the things that you normally do. And surprisingly, a lot of, a lot of women are surprised by the fact that intercourse still isn't pleasant, you know, when they feel like it should be, because, you know, what I hear and, and what I thought after my first C-section was, well, nothing happened to my vagina, so it shouldn't be an issue having intercourse after those six weeks, but it's still painful and it still oh, takes man. a lot of time to get back to the place where you were, you know, free <laughs> having a baby. Yeah. And little, little plug in for intercourse. When you have a C-section, people have, have pain with intercourse. There's three ways it's deeper penetration, initial penetration. And sometimes the whole area hurts. Um, when it's the whole area, it's hormonal, which can happen with breastfeeding, by the way. Um, when you have a C-section, that deeper penetration is what really gets you guys. So vaginal births, will see more of an initial penetration pain with intercourse because of the perineum being affected. C-section, deeper penetration, certain positions are no goes because of the scar tissue that's there. And, and I mean, literally the penis is poking the yeah. uterus and the scar tissue. So you have to be really, you have to be really gentle postpartum. Yeah, absolutely. And your partner, yeah, your partner does, and you have to be very mindful of it. Um, and, and very much in the, the, the women have to be very much in control over the experience because at any given time it can hurt or it cannot feel right, or you can just turn off to it for whatever reason. Um, so, you know, the, the things that I always tell women after they've given birth is to take it slow, to not feel any kind of pressure to do anything they don't want to, because they have all of these external pressures already impacting them. The last thing they need is an internal pressure to, to do something else. Um, it can really wear on relationships, but the, you know, the, the more supportive your partner is the, the easier this will all be. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I, that I hear a bit about, um, you know, after, after a baby comes into the family, you know, that then you start hearing all about other relationship issues coming up because resentment starts building. Um, if, if both people aren't feeling like they're contributing equally or fairly to the relationship. And on top of that, you're already exhausted. So most of your coping techniques for dealing with relationship problems, go out the window. You're not, you're not going to utilize them because you're so freaking tired. Um, so it's so important for a relationship to be strong prior to going into pregnancy and then having a baby because having a baby is not easy on any relationship, regardless of the people involved. You know, you can, you can be in the best relationship and you're still going to experience pressure and conflict once the baby's there, because it's a whole, it's so much to sort out. It's this whole new thing that none of us are trained to do. Mm -hmm. Um, we likely have never talked about what that's going to look like because we don't know what it entails prior to experiencing it. Um, but you know, communication, communication strategies are so important at that point, like communicating your expectations, communicating what, what you need from your partner or what you need to do for yourself to feel full again. Um, 
it just, it, it, it's, it's such a stressful time for relationships. It is. And you're in the emotional state that you're in as a woman with the postpartum hormones, with the sleep deprivation, with, with giving every bit of energy you do have to the baby. And then also often to your husband or your partner, trying to teach them what to do to help. Cause it's like, they don't intuitively always often know how to help. And so like Katie said, you're in your emotional brain and you are just like incapable of using those coping strategies. And so if your partner is not patient and understanding and knows who you are, if they are reactive towards you being that way, oh, like yeah. problems, problems, problems. So yeah, it tests you, it tests each person to their max. And if you think about it, at what point in most relationships are both partners pushed to their max? <laughs> And have a baby now, right? So it's a beautiful journey, I think. (laughs) I do think it is a beautiful journey, but it's a hard journey. And I think it's beautiful because I have a good partner. I I would say it's probably not beautiful for those who don't have a good partner. um, Because you're not reaching, you're not reaching the other side. Still intact and in love and respecting each other. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it certainly, um, it certainly involves having a shitload of grace for your partner and understanding that this isn't, you know, it, it's not going to be the status quo forever. It's just really stressful right now. Yeah. Um, and then communicating through that and, and communicating that like, Hey, I'm feeling this way. It might not be completely rational because I'm really tired. Got a lot of hormones going on. Um, and then just, you know, forgiving and forgiving and moving on because again, it's not the status quo, but you know, relationships are certainly tested in, you know, the, the first year, two years, three years of having a baby. And I think it's so important for couples to know that that's not going to be your forever, right? It's just your for now. You're you're getting through a really hard situation right now and you will come out of it at a certain point and your relationship will be stronger because of it. But, but really validating that experience and normalizing it because people often go into go into this thinking, this is going to be beautiful for our relationship. You know, this is going to be so great. We're going to, we're going to be rockstar parents. We know everything about parenting. There's going to be no conflict. And that's just not the case. And people don't talk about it because they think that they should be enjoying the experience to the fullest and have no complaints because, you know, they've given birth to this amazing human being. Um, but you know, sometimes it just, it really sucks. Sometimes yeah. it's not. I think it really does suck sometimes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so- it, it does. I, I don't care who you are. You know, another yeah. thing, Katie, like something I'm personally dealing with, you said people don't talk about it. It's so hard to talk about it because number one, people don't want to hear it. Number two, I never get validated when I talk about it to people who aren't parents. The only people who validate me are moms. My brothers, I have three brothers have two of them have invalidated my feelings on this postpartum on my motherhood postpartum and in ways I like that hurt me in a way I can never even articulate. And I've told them and they just don't get it. Like they don't. And in fact, I have been told some really harsh things from my own family members. My husband, I've had to teach him how to validate. Um, it's not as hard on, on, on the person who didn't have the baby. I'm sorry. It's not, they didn't have their whole body change. So it's like, not only is it not talked about, but if you do talk about it, 
you'll find that you're really dismissed and you're never going to be understood. Just don't even expect to be understood by society. Um, you're going to want to lean into your moms because moms are the only people who are going to understand. And, and I am learning to have acceptance with the fact that society does not understand and that people who are not parents yet do not understand. And you should, and I'm not, I shouldn't even expect them to understand. That's just silly. <laughs> I mean, I certainly didn't understand before I had children and then, you know, we're all, we're all dumped into this just chaos that we have to sort out with no rule book. And it's challenging because oftentimes partners don't have the rule book either. Mm-hmm. And we're both trying to just figure it out together and hope that we're not screwing up too badly. <laughs> and that's, and that's normal. And if anybody yep. ever tells you otherwise, they're fibbing because, you know, this isn't, this isn't, you know, all, all beautiful and easy, like society makes it out to be. Mm-hmm. Are they either fibbing or they have incredibly strong defense mechanisms on? Uh, that's true. <laughs> that that could be another, I don't know, that's but true. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you, like I've had God this Sunday, I had a total breakdown. I've had times where I just totally melt down, break down. I'm like, I can't keep doing this. And then I go into problem solving mode. I'm like, what do I need to do to make sure I can take care of myself, to make sure my partner is able to take care of himself so we can each support each other. And it's just constant change and adapting and problem solving. Once you have a child, um, it really, really is. And it's so much work. I tell people all the time, I, I like desperately wanted kids. I could have never not been a mom. Like that's how ingrained it emotionally was in me. And I'm like, man, like if you don't want kids or you're on the fence, I'm like, I don't recommend. And I only say that because I want it so much that I don't, I'm okay with all of the shittiness that comes along with it and the hardship because I'm like, I want this. Um, but I'm like, man, if I had a baby and I wasn't sure, or I had a baby and it was unplanned and I did not want the baby. I don't even know what my mental mindset would be because I didn't even want it. Yeah. I didn't even want this hardship. Um, and, and that is probably something I would say absolutely really work with a psychologist with a therapist with to work through, because it is a hard journey. And if you are going to embark on this journey of becoming a parent, like make sure it is something that you and your partner for sure want and, and try as much as you can to be in a, in a, the healthiest aspect of your relationship as you can be, because it's a lot. <laughs> um, to talk about a few other taboo things that, that, that moms and women and society don't talk about is the, the ways that you feel after giving birth. So, um, you know, postpartum depression, having intrusive thoughts postpartum is so incredibly common and so it can be so traumatizing to to yourself right because you're having all of these thoughts that um are are really unpleasant and out of character and not at all like what you rationally want mm-hmm. or even want to be thinking about but your brain does it because of all of the shit going on in your body mm-hmm. um, and they're both, they're both just not, not talked about because women feel isolated in the experience. So for, for example, if, if a woman has a postpartum depression, she might feel really shameful because this is the thing that she's always wanted. And now that it's here, she can't, you know, enjoy it. Or she looks at her baby and she feels no joy, or she looks at her life and she feels no joy. 
Um, so th these are all things that are so incredibly normal and treatable if yeah. you you ask for help or or if you go to someone and say this is what I'm experiencing if you go to your OB and, and say that if you go to your therapist they're going to know exactly what you're talking about and they've seen it a million times because women do go through this experience um you know the intrusive thoughts same thing the the, the part that makes intrusive thoughts so awful is that it, when you when you when you have them you feel like you can't tell anybody because if you tell someone they're going to think you're crazy or if you tell someone they're going to think you're actually going to hurt your baby and that's not at all what's going to happen, your brain's just, as I, as I tell my clients with any kind of intrusive thoughts, it's your brain's way of fucking with you. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, I'm going to think this thought to fuck with you. Um, so can you give some, some, cause I can think of a lot of common intrusive thoughts postpartum. Can you just give some examples for maybe people who are listening, who haven't had a child yet? Sure. Yeah you know, holding the baby too tight, like, am I holding the baby too tight? And then you'd like constantly go back and forth about checking whether or not you're holding the baby. It, it's, it's kind of like OCD, right? Like, it it's is. Like it's OCD. Yeah. Like, and then constantly for me, like I would constantly be looking at the monitor to make sure the baby was breathing. Like, oh my God, yes. I haven't made a noise in a while. Like, are they breathing? Oh, are they God. dead? Like that was my common one. And yeah. I would have to calm myself down. And then if they were in the bed with me, like, what if I fall asleep? Like, yes. oh my God, what if I kill my baby? Like those were, yes. those were my Oh, seriously intrusive thoughts and then for me when I was in my worst postpartums like when I was really suffering I I was suicidal in a way I really was I was like I don't want to do this anymore like this is too hard I just want to give up and it's not that I wanted to hurt myself but I was like I don't want to do this anymore I'm so tired I'm done I give up and then yeah. you're just like nope you got to wake up tomorrow and you got to do it again you got to pick up your pants and go so the intrusive and then you're ashamed to tell these things because you're like oh my god if I but I did I told my partner everything <laughs> I was yes. like this is what I'm thinking right now um and I wasn't saying it in a laughing way I was crying yes. I was broken Absolutely. um so yeah you become a person that you almost don't even recognize at times because really what's happening is you're so tired your defenses are your defense co coping strategies are burp, gone and now oh. you're at the core of this emotional being who's also yeah. a mom. It's this mammal brain that's like, oh my God, protect the baby. Weird, irrational thoughts of what could happen to the baby. I know. And you don't trust your brain. You don't, because you make stupid, like, I remember, you know, one of the first nights pumping, you know, at that point, you're not producing a whole lot. And so a bottle of milk is is like gold, right? And I remember being so tired, just like pouring the bottle of milk down the drain, not not even figuring out, like not fathoming what was happening. So you're so tired. You're like, can I trust my brain? Can I, can I trust my brain to do the right thing? Can I trust my brain to know how to take care of this baby? Can I trust my brain to take care of myself? Like, should I, should I be driving while I'm this tired? <laughs> You know, so you have all of you can't trust yourself, and then because you can't trust yourself, you begin to have all of these irrational thoughts, like, like, like the deep freezer example. Yeah. I'm so tired, like I have to pay such close attention to what I'm doing right now because what if all of these awful things happen? Because I'm so tired. But it's just it's so it's so common, um, and there's help for it, right? Like yeah. at Cypress, we have a. a perinatal therapist who specializes in this. Um, but you know, her name's Liv. 
Live. Oh, that's, oh, I know Live. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so Live works with us. We have a few other therapists who are very well versed in perinatal mental health because it, it aligns very closely with other things like depression, anxiety, OCD is what, you know, what we were just talking about. Um, but you know, the problems, the problems go away fairly quickly on, on their own often. Yeah. Um, but you know, if they last for a while, it's definitely worth seeking help. Yeah. I, that's, and that's the biggest thing to get out of this is please, if you're dealing with concerns postpartum, you have, there's so many resources out there really do like look to the mom community. I will say that. Um, and when I say the mom community, like therapists that are moms, like Katie, like live, um, if you're not getting the support you need from the people you are trying to get the support from, I think it's really important to recognize that quickly and, and allow yourself to get the support from other people, which can be really hard too. Cause you're in such a broken state. You're like, I don't want to meet another person. I don't want to have to share all this vulnerabilities with somebody else, but you deserve to feel better and to heal. And, and you're going to need to do that to get the validation that you need in order to allow yourself to heal. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Is that a wrap, Katie? It's a wrap. Okay, guys. Um, if you need any additional resources, you can go to Cypress Wellness. You can go to Public Balance PT. I know I've got my courses on there. Katie, do you have any any ref- resources on there on your website? Um, I think I have a blog post about breastfeeding and sex. That's, okay. That's perfect. Perfect. And if you guys have any questions, of course, you can shoot us over an email at info sex on the floor at gmail.com. <laughs> It'll be in the it'll be in the description. <laughs> Bye guys. <laughs>